Good morning to you. I trust you are well this morning. I trust you. At, look, I can't really see your face, but can you wave? Okay, you are alive. God bless you. It's great to see you. Amen. And to all our family, some likes, some loves. I go through the whole, all, your, all your notes. Everybody that puts in some kind thing. We, we go back, we respond on, on the stream, myself and Pastor Z. And any devil that comes in and puts some funny stuff, we delete you. Because we know how to kill that fire. Amen. Amen and amen. Father, thank you for the anointing this morning. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your peace. Thank you for the joy of ministering to these, your sheep. It's a great honor to serve you. Bless the word this morning. Thank you that you anoint these lips of clay. As I make sounds, you make sense. But let the anointing flow in Jesus' mighty name. We all agree and say amen and amen. The title of my sermon this morning, it's the end of the, 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 the build. Let, let us, uh, what is the series of business? It's the end of the series, the time to build, but it's really the launch also of the new series. I want to start teaching on freedom. And I want to speak about Nehemiah as the end of the, the series, but I want us to start a brand new series next week and deal with freedom because I really believe that we have nev never seen the kind of bondage that the enemy is trying to bring a generation into. And if we don't define this thing accurately, and we don't understand it, you will leave your children with a deficit. A, our children not knowing how to communicate with others or interact with others, or all we know is masks and sanitizers and not hugging and greeting people and not communicating and not walking in the freedom that Christ has paid for. I'm not talking about irresponsibility. I'm talking about us having to understand freedom. And so this morning, let's get into the, into, the, into the Word. Let's understand God, and let's understand the power of freedom. So in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 15, And the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to dress it and keep it. And the Lord commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. Look at the order. God creates a place of order. On the sixth day, Adam wakes up. When God makes the man, he wakes up in a place of order. God gives him an instruction. He says, make sure that you tend and keep order in this place. And then he says, freely eat. Freely eat. So order, if I take responsibility for my environment, and I bring order into my environment, I build the walls of my life, build the walls of my family, build, build the walls of the church, and build order into this organization, the next thing that you're going to have is freedom. People will start getting breakthroughs that they don't go under toil anymore. That means in a place of order, you can find your house for free. Three people. When you get into a place of order, order is, is the accurate arrangement of things. That means the days of you working for money are gone. Why? Because if you look at Nehemiah and the rebuilding of the walls, he is... Giving an understanding about the 12 gates, which is governmental order. But then the stone that they use for the wall is you. It's your life carved out. Many stones can look alike, but none of them are the same. So your uniqueness, God carves out and places you in the wall because you also become a living stone that God can use for His glory. And the moment you come into the place of order and not try to find a place in the wall, but rather understand that you were here to discover your place in the wall. That means that God built the wall and your face is in one of those stones. You must go and go and discover who you are, discover the purpose for your life, and position yourself 
on the wall. You were made for a purpose. So that means I go on a road of discovery. And when I found myself and my positioning on the wall in the kingdom of God, I discovered not just my purpose, but I discovered all the prosperities there. My days of working and being under the thumb of someone else was over. The days of needing somebody else's okay. No, I've disciplined my life. I submit myself to God. And in the plan of God, I discovered the people that God has got for the ministry. Don't have to beg anymore. Don't have to try and go and sleep with someone to try and make this thing up, to start, try and stay alive. No. Discovered my position in the wall, and that's where true freedom is. I needed the church to give a big, bigger amen on that one. 1 Corinthians 2.12. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us. Are you dry trying to make me look like Joe Biden with that small screen? I don't know what you guys are up to. For those that are not following American politics, it's fun. So the spirit that you've been given is so that you can know the things that have been freely given to you. So anytime somebody needs to go to university, so... Even if you are 17 years old and your mother and your father is broke or you don't even have a mother and a father, because of your assignment, your fees will be paid for in full. Anytime you go and go and buy your own thing, do your own thing, shape your own life, that's why when parents say you can become anything that you want to be, it is a lie. I made money, and lots of it, but I was unhappy because money can't buy you happiness. I had to go and find myself on the wall. So Nehemiah is building the walls, but look at the result at the end of his building. Nehemiah chapter 5 and verse 1. Let's go a bit. And there was a great outcry of the, of the people and their wives against their Jewish brethren. For there were those who said, we, our sons and our daughters, are many. Therefore, let us get grain that we may eat and live. There were also some who said, we've mortgaged our lands and vineyards and houses that we might buy grain because of the famine. Church, you've got to pay attention in the season. Some things are coming down the pipeline that you need to be ready for. I've been preaching this word not because I'm looking for things to preach. The, there's lots to preach on. I'm looking to go with the timing of God so that you can understand how to prepare yourself for what is to come. There are plenty needs already. But I'm telling you now, with companies closing down and the need, the kingdom has got to step up. And so I have to change and put on different hats. And so Sunday you'll see Pastor Max, but Monday you see Farmer Max. Because I'm back in the, we, we're looking at the gardens and we're planting vegetables and we're putting a thousand, by this week, a thousand seeds in there. Because we know what's coming and God will tell you. God will tell you. He says, take this thing and, and stop waiting for the rezoning. Plant the stuff. Plant what you need to plant. And if I tell you the rest of the testimony, you know, there's some stuff you just need to build silently because then the devil doesn't know what to attack. Come on, somebody. There's days you, you need to know that, that, that Joseph has a great dream, but he's got a big mouth. And his mouth gets him into trouble. There's days you just need to build silently. Because after, two, you know, after 52 days, you'll come and you'll just see, there it is. There it is. And so, he says, we've mortgaged our lands and our vineyards and our houses. Verse 4. There were also those who said, we borrowed money for the king's tax on our lands and vineyards. The enemy wants to tax you to death. 
yet you're living in a tax-free zone. The kingdom is a tax-free zone. The kingdom is a tax-free zone. Come on, wake up this morning. You need to understand what we are dealing with. We borrowed money for the king's tax on our lands and vineyards, yet now our flesh is as the flesh of our brethren, our children as their children, and indeed we are forcing, forcing, forcing. You can't go study. You better go and work. Forcing. You can't go there. You can't buy this. You can't stay there. Forcing. What freedom is that? Forcing people to stand in a queue. Forcing people to go and work. Forcing people. It's because you're not paying attention to God's plan and God's building. Forget reading that. Yet now our flesh is as the flesh of our brethren, our children as their children. Indeed, we are forcing our sons and daughters and our daughters to be slaves. And some of our daughters have, have been brought into slavery. It is not in our power to redeem them. For other men have your lands. Other men have your vineyards. Other people got your business. Other people got your things. With the devil, everything is about control. He wants to control your future. And when he buys you, he's, if, if he's got you in captivity, he's bought your children already. Somebody's going to have to learn this morning how to call for freedom and say we are here to fight for our future. We are here to fight for our families. We are here to fight for all that belongs to us. Come on, somebody. Your vineyards is not going to be in someone else's hand. If you discipline your life, if you understand the power of the kingdom, if you understand what it is to be in the kingdom of God, you're going to walk debt free. You're going to own the things. Your hands, your, your stuff will not be in the hands of someone else. Your business will not be in the hands of someone else. No one else is going to control you and put your girls and the boys to slavery. The devil is a liar. I need somebody to shout and say freedom. Nehemiah says, I became very angry when I heard their outcry. And these words, after serious thought, I rebuked the nobles and the rulers and said to them, each of you is exacting interest or usury from his brother. So I called a great assembly against them and I said to them, according to your, our ability, we have redeemed our Jewish brethren who, sold, who were sold to the nations. Now indeed, will you even sell your brethren or should they be sold to us? Then they were silenced and found nothing to say. The problem with leadership whether it be in the church or whether it be in the marketplace or whether it be in government. You are not supposed to put people into deeper bondage, Julius Malema. You are supposed to set the people free. Any leader that makes you dependent upon him is a problem. Any government that says you don't need a job, you come stand for a handout. What kind of government is that? You are supposed to set the people free. And listen to me, the reason why you keep running to the world and asking the world to set you free. The world can never set you free. It can never. Because only free people can free people. You're not shouting better back this morning. A stronger amen from you this morning. Nehemiah comes as a free man and frees the people up. And that's what every nation should be looking for, whether it be in the marketplace or whether it be in the ministry. Oh no, the prophet said, and he's the only one that speaks, the devil is a liar. You are a son and a daughter of God. Shouldn't you also be getting a breakthrough? Shouldn't you also be hearing the voice of God? Shouldn't you also be a part of a community? Shouldn't you also be a part of what God's plan is? Shouldn't you also become fruitful? Shouldn't you also be, know how to move with the, the hand of God? Shouldn't you also know how to walk by faith? Shouldn't you also know how to pray? Shouldn't you also know how to work your business? Come on, you're a child of a living God. You need to shout yes and amen in this church. If there's freedom in this place, let there be. Now shout yes. There's a restoration going on, I'm telling you now. And you're not going to go back to bondage. You're not going back into a religious system. You're not going back into the things that the enemy has plotted for you and trying to keep you. No, we're building the walls of your life. We are bringing the word of God to you so that you can walk free, so that you can become all that God has called you to be. Somebody shout yes and amen. There is an end game to all of this. There is an end game. Personally, I hate injustice. I hate it. 
that just because of the color of my skin, I disqualify. My brain doesn't count. My, my strategies don't count because the color of my skin disqualifies me. I hate injustice when you tell a woman that she can't sit around the boardroom tables, yet she's brilliant, a brilliant mind. You cannot take one portion of society and, and, and sideline them because of the color of their skin. If you, if you are free, you will set everybody free. It's people that are looking for titles that don't understand the freedom of what it is to be in the kingdom of God that puts people into greater bondage. I hate poverty. I hate the stench of it. I grew up with it and I hate it. And the same way that Jesus set me free, I am telling you we are working to set people free from the curse of poverty. Poverty is not a blessing. I need somebody who is free with who will lift up their hands and say, Lord, I am free. Because whom the sun sets free, you are supposed to enter into a zone where you owe no man anything but to love them. Nothing. I don't owe you anything. I'm going to build my own. And if I have to get my own dam, I'm not going to, don't teach me to fish. If you give a man a fish, you feed him for a day. If you give him, teach him to fish, you, feed him, you lie. I want, because if that's what you've given me only, someone's going to make a lot of money out of fishing licenses. You haven't woken up yet. Someone's going to make a lot of money because I still need to go to somebody's dam. And I must still get the license from somebody. I want my own dam. I want my own land. I want my own, I, I want my own markets. I'm on a mission for freedom. And I'm telling you now, you're going to have to fight for yours because the enemy is not going to hand it over to you. Nobody, I'm telling you, everything about the devil is about control. And if you don't get up in the morning to deal with your mind and say, uh-uh, you can't tell me this, my time is up. You don't decide when I leave. When I'm satisfied, I'm going to go. I will live healthy. I will live long and I will live strong. Don't let the enemy tell you when it's over. Come on, somebody. God's hand is upon your life. You need to shout back and say, I will live long and I will live strong. And I'm going to live rich while I'm doing it. Somebody shout, yes. The anything that smacks of manipulation and control, I hate it. I hate it. A woman that has to go into some kind of bondage because whether she made a mistake or whether, let me get over this. I hate religion because of what it does to people. It gives you a form of godliness but no power. And you're going to have to come into a place where you understand that I'm not going to believe anything that doesn't give me a breakthrough, give me peace, give me prosperity, give me an answer. Don't sit with stuff. The Lord gave me word this week. He said, son, let me tell you this today. And you must give this to anybody that was, I was dealing with a particular situation. He says, I have an answer for every problem that you, look, that you are facing. He says, come and ask me. I hate falsehood. I hate hypocrisy. Anything that wants to rob me of my liberty, I, I fight against it. Anything that comes from manipulation, like you tell me that, you know, here's a prophecy, and, but you must give me a hundred dollars. Are you kidding me? What kind of manipulation is that? And the only reason why you can control people is because they got no understanding. The way you set people free is that you give them understanding. That's why Jesus came. He not just gave you understanding, he gave you himself. Because Job says, what you know. I know. I'm not inferior to you. So anytime you find a ministry, an organization, a, a people, that that's a special sect of people, and they only know certain stuff. You know that's a cult. I want my sons to do better than me. You were supposed to stand on my shoulders. I am so proud when the sons are, are functioning and sitting on boardroom tables. That's the joy of a father. Anybody's got a private thing and can't give you information. How business works. I'm like, 
I, I see you with your khaki shorts and your bare feet, but you can't withhold the information from me. I need to know what you know. How do I work the land? Now I'm studying. Late at night, we're studying agriculture. We're studying governments. We understand. Because what am I looking for? Understanding. So the 12 gates represents governmental order. And anytime you bring your life onto this, onto this platform and you put yourself in the wall and locate yourself in the wall, you're going to find true liberty because every gate represents freedom. And the more you understand every gate, the greater freedom you're going to have. Let me go with you. John chapter, John chapter 5, please. I, you, know, you know what I, I, I've been asking in the season? I've been just coming around some of the sons and we're speaking about certain stuff. Here's my, been my question the last couple of weeks to, to everybody, all the leaders that I'm speaking to. I said, if I give you 10 million rand right now, what would you do with it? Different answers. And some of the things that has come out is, I will take it, I'll go and find the best bank that will give me the best interest. But listen to what Jesus said about the bankers. He said you should have at least taken the money and put it with the bankers. In heaven's order and economy, banking your money is the least. It's the least return. You were, you were supposed to take what you have and multiply it for the kingdom of God. Somebody shout freedom. Because when he says to him, well done, thy good and faithful servant, you have taken five and made it ten. Enter into the joy of your master. Enter into the joy of ownership. Of how to rule with freedom. Even if you take the money and you put it with the bankers. You still have to depend upon them. It's out of your control and in somebody else's control to make you money. And you put your security in a system that you know is not working. The world systems are failing. You really run back to the banks and depending upon them. I'm talking about freedom. I'm talking about understanding that I, when I, when I spoke to Pastor Brian, I spoke to many of them, but Pastor Brian says, I've got two projects. I need six million rand for those projects. And if I can get the six million, I'm going to put the money, I'm going to do this, that, 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 that. It's a strategy. How? To take, because if you're going to tell me, I give you 10 million, and you tell me you're going to put it with the bankers. I'm like, why? Let me put it by the bankers myself. Why should it go through you to go to the bankers? I can do it myself. God's calling for a return on your life. And when you begin to work God's system, you walk into liberty. Somebody shout freedom. You, you, some of you look like shocked. I mean, is it real? Yes. Look, man, for those that are looking for security, if you really want security, go to prison. There you fed, you clothed, given medical care, and so on. The only thing that you're lacking is freedom. But you can have anything that you want there. Good security for you. You never have to work another day. Well, they'll put you to forced labor. Listen to what Roosevelt said. He says, order without liberty and liberty without order are equally destructive. So, let's understand this thing. The, the, the problem in, in John chapter 5, verse 1, you must understand that this man is living in a place of absolute no order and dysfunction. After this, there was a feast of the, of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now, there is in Jerusalem by the Sheep Gate. Everybody say the Sheep Gate. That's the first gate. That's the first gate. By the Sheep Gate, a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind people. Lame people, paralyzed people, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first, after the stirring of the water, was made well of whatever disease he had. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. 38 is the number of 
of really judgment or, or the end of the wilderness. They spent 38 years in the wilderness. And, and God said, no more, no more, no more. That's why often at the age of 40, you'll find many people are trying to make the shift into their purpose. And if you get, get going early with it, you're not going to deal with your midlife crisis. Now you need, now you need to impress the girls. My yes, we're out with your, with your skinny jeans. Grow up. Okay. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been in that condition a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? The sick man comes up with excuses. He says, sir, oh, there's so much revelation here. I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up, but while I am coming, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, rise, take up your bed and walk. Because that was the question. He's like, do you really want to be made well? Do you really want your life to produce? Do you really want to walk in freedom? Do you really want to be your own boss? Do you really want to take authority over your life? Do you really want to become fruitful? Do you really want to become all that I've called you to be? Do you really want to come into all that I've planned for your life? Do you really, he's like really saying, get into the war. Be a part of it because the first gate is the sheep gate. This, the Bible tells us about this, this whole setting. I mean, you look at all this multitude, mega church, mega church. Because grace came to visit them every now and again. Couple of things that are wrong. Number one, this man that can't identify Jesus. He doesn't know him as Lord and Savior because he calls him Sir. Something else wrong with that picture is the fact that they're lying by the sheep gate. You were supposed to go through the sheep gate. And many people that don't know Jesus Christ and the plan and the purpose that he has for their lives, they're always hovering around, hoping one day the angel's going to stir the waters. That's not right. That's a violation of the kingdom of God. Why? Because in the kingdom of God, you are led by the Spirit of God. There must be a water flowing through your life. It is not waiting for angels. People waiting for miracles to come from somewhere. When are you going to get up and say, no, no more. I've got to get up and I've got to go and go walk through the sheep gate and become all that God has called me to be because this is the first gate I must understand. My sheep hear my voice. I need somebody to shout and say amen. Immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and walked, and that day was the Sabbath. It's called freedom. That's your first step to freedom. Don't let the enemy tell you that you'll find freedom in what you do. There is no such thing. There's no government that will give you freedom. I don't care if the United States is singing, this is the land of the free and the home of the brave. Look how it's affecting them. And you do have a president that's fighting for them and we're praying and trusting God that that result of that election is going to work according to the kingdom of God. Somebody shout freedom. You must learn how to get up from where you are and say it's time for me to take responsibility because Jesus refused to pick up his bed. Refused it. I refuse. It is, it, it, it is, it is dishonorable to do for people what they can do for themselves. It's an unrighteous thing. You must be able to take up your bed and say, you know what? My days of poverty are over. I'm going to get up from here. And don't leave your bed here. You must take that bed with you. Because you're not coming back to this position, out of position from the wall. Somebody needs to hear the word of the Lord this morning. Because if you want to, if you want to, you can have a great marriage. If you pick up your bed and you want to walk. Uh, you, if you want to, if you want to, you can have a great spiritual walk with God. You can have one that's full of peace. Uh, you can have one that's full of joy. If you want to, it's called freedom. Come on, somebody. Anything that you want to do. You want to break from the curse of poverty? There is a plan of God. You can get up from where you are and never coming back. I made up my mind. I'm not coming back. Somebody shout, I'm not coming back. Let the devil know. I picked up that bed of dysfunction so many years ago. You got to hear me. We come from a family that is so dysfunctional, that was so dysfunctional. And when I got saved, I said, why should we stay in this mess? Always staying in a mess. I can't be preaching to you after 10 years with the same issue. When are you going to pick up that bed and say no more? 
I'm fighting for your freedom here. But there are some people that, you know, uh, I mean, you've you got to see some of the people because you go and you solve a problem one week. They love it. They come back and they bring you two more the next week. You solve two problems. Can you also get me this? And do you know if somebody's got Bibles? And you know that somebody's got more food? And, you can, and don't forget to add clothing. But you're sitting and laying in that same position for 38 years. And people must keep on. No one's here to help me. Did Christ not make you as an overcomer? Are you not born to win in this life? Thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. The first gate is the sheep gate. They don't want to pray. They want you to pray for them. They don't want you to, it's like you're laying there and not caring about anything else. But, but you know, listen, listen, listen. We as Christians are not just saved so we can go to church and have nice lives. We've been strategically chosen to advance the kingdom of God in a very specific way. Listen to the words, a very specific way. You know, there's an old man who came here to speak to me. And he traveled so far. Um, he's from the USA, stays in South Africa, but drives up here and says, I need to meet with you. And he says, I've come for this piece of property across the road. Okay? We've prayed for the property. We're working on it. And I don't want to share too much because I'm not looking for an attack. So I'm, I'm looking at him. He doesn't ask me. He says, I'm going to build an old age home here. I'm going to do this and that. I said, okay. That's great. Oh, yeah, and then, you know, we can use of your students here. And then comes right in the middle of my vision. I can tell you it wasn't God. So we'll pray for you. Trust that God would lead you. Why would God bring me to this piece of property and then tell someone else, well, now you need to start a church right next door here? I didn't go to anybody else's place to try and take leftovers from another church. We are here doing what God called us to do. I'm far from everybody else. Yet God has blessed this property and given us partners across the globe to help us build. You can give a better amen than that. He drives all the way from Pretoria to say he's going to set up camp here. I said, I pray for you. I pray that God will bless your work. Called him a couple of weeks. This is the beginning before COVID. Called him a couple of weeks ago. He says, oh, no, I've been in the hospital. This has happened. Dad's going to da, da. And we're not doing anything there. We're not going to touch it. No, I, if it's of God, you can't stop it. If it's not of God, you wouldn't need to. I don't fight people around that. But if it's God, then let it be. But you cannot come into another man's place when you've been chosen specifically for your position on the wall. You were supposed to become what God has called you to be. Not try and steal from another man and say, well, I think I'll just come and camp here. The devil is a liar. This territory is off limits to the enemy. We've prayed over this place for years. And our best days are now. I need somebody to believe with me this morning. Every environment that you are in, home, job, school, community, should be seeing change because you are there. You're an ambassador for Christ. More than the fivefold ministers, all believers, every born-again believer can do this. You can pray for somebody. Are you on the wall? Are you a part of God's kingdom? Is God building you up? Say, I can pray for someone. You can share the gospel. You can introduce someone to Christ. You can lay hands on the sick. You can raise the dead. You can prophesy. You can discuss doctrinal matters with fellow believers. You can dedicate your own property and your car. You can dedicate your own bike if you need to. Search the scriptures for answers. Drive out demons yourself. Provide wise counsel to those in need of it. Serve one another and your own household with holy communion. Solve your own problems with prayer 
and the Word. You can hear God for yourself. You can become fruitful for yourself. You can have dominion because you are a son of a living God. I need this church to shout freedom. The list is endless. But anytime you are waiting for somebody, another man, and waiting for angels to move, we have a problem. Some car's going to fall from the sky. Yet deep inside of you is a gift that you keep ignoring. And if you follow the good shepherd, he's going to teach you to profit. He's going to lead you by the way that you should go. My time is almost up. But being in the kingdom is both a privilege and a responsibility. My God, help us this morning. You were supposed to get up from where you are, and I'm telling you today, all I had to go and sit and discuss, and we're still discovering, the secrets to prosperity, to wealth. It gives you power to get wealth. You're never going to ask another man for a job. Any, In fact, you're going to become the employer. People are going to come to you and they're going to find employment. I mean, you, you, you've got to see what God is doing. I've got family members traveling from afar to come and fetch, you know, whatever we're busy with. Yeah. <laughs> I'll share too much detail, but, you know, some of the produce and the things that we're busy with. So, 1 Peter 2 verse 9. You are chosen generation. A royal priesthood. A holy nation. His own special people. Somebody should be saying freedom. His own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You're not waiting for a pastor. You're not waiting for anybody else, a special prophet to come by. You're a child of a living God. And you hear the voice of the good shepherd. And you can walk through the place of where I can develop your, my faith. Faith comes how? By hearing what? The word of God. You can walk through the valley and become better. You don't have to hear a basket case for, case for anybody. What we celebrate in heaven are not bikes and cars. We celebrate fruitfulness. Honestly, your title and how much you earned is going to mean nothing one day. Nothing. Heaven will not ask you about how much did you earn. It's time for you to come into a place of fruitfulness. I'm waiting for somebody to send, you know, I sent out so many emails, I'm waiting for a job. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I love you. Here's the point. A person with vision needs no supervision. Now clap your hands. Clap your hands. It's the people who got no vision that you have to constantly go and say, when did you do this? When are you going to do that? Write the vision down and make it plain. Give it roles. Give those roles functions and tasks. And give the vision a timeline. We are running so hard on this land. I'm telling you, it's glorious. And the things that are about to come, you better stay good friends with Erin because there's stuff happening around her and Brian that you better treat them kindly. I'm just walking past every morning. I say, I say Brian, don't forget your pastor now. Eh? Just don't forget your pastor because... God has taken them through a process and the things are coming down. Come on, somebody shout, there it is. The things are coming and it's going to bless families. Come on, we're going to build houses. Say, there it is. We're going to take more land. Say, there it is. I have a vision, man. I have a vision. Come on, somebody. Once Peter and Paul were clear of who they were in Christ, when they received the vision, they found their position on the wall. They changed the world. Because of their positioning. And the problem with most people is that you keep on trying to take someone else's position. You're so used to buying everybody else's clothing. Make your own. Put your own brand on it. And say, I'm proud of what I made. Come on, somebody. For the majority of people that just does sloppy work, they're too scared to put their name on a building. Because they're going to say, oh, you done this. This is rubbish. Only God can make you and mold you and even use your mistakes and still make you fit in the bigger picture of his plan. Oh, my God. Only God can, in the middle of your mistakes, in the things that you've done, still take you and shape you and mold you. Jeremiah says, 
I went down to the potter's house and I saw there he was. The potter working, he was making something at the wheel. Something, the spot that, this, that was the clay that was marred in his hands, he was making it again. That means I could have gone through a divorce. I could have made mistakes. It does not matter where I come from. It doesn't matter what decisions I made by myself. But I must allow God to shape me because I fit somewhere in the wall of God. I sit, my, my life fits in somewhere. I've got to learn how to walk in the fruit of the Spirit. I've got to have love and kindness and gentleness. Sir. Why? I need to learn how to work with people. I need to learn how to fit in on God's plan. I know that I am unique. I know that my gift is unique. I know that my personality is unique. But the truth is that I'm not called to be by myself. I must learn how to get along with people. I must learn how to connect with other people. I need to learn how to be excellent in my work because I know that I'm not a weirdo by myself. I am here fitting in some way. Come on, somebody. You can't keep on thinking you're going to walk by yourself. I'm going to do it by myself. Listen, man. Even the lone ranger needed Tonto the horse. It's time for you to go through the sheep gate. Do you understand how God loads you up when you walk through the sheep gate? Do you know that you hear His voice? That He gives you everything that you need to live a life of victory. I don't care where you've had no strength or even an understanding about business. Dr. Winston told me, he said, I knew nothing about malls. Yet I'm sitting with two and God gave me the grace to run malls. I know nothing about agriculture. But God is giving us grace and teaching us how to raise up farms. Come on, somebody. It's just that season. It is the season where we're seeing God growing stuff and causing us to walk in victory. Come on. Are you more concerned about how the world looks at you? I must, I must, I must be dressed right and my tackers must be clean. Not in the garden, champ. That's what we call Bura. We're in the fields. Let me end. Galatians chapter 5 verse 1. The enemy is trying to control you. And you're going to learn after, gonna learn how to fight back. I am telling you now, poverty is a curse. And Jesus said, the poor will always be with you. But he did not say the poor will always be amongst you. We made a vow. Not one of poverty. One of absolute prosperity. Because... Everyone in our vicinity, anybody that's in our ministry, anybody that's friends across the globe, the poor will always be with you, but they're not among you. They're not amongst us. Everybody that I speak to, I see the wealth on the inside of you for you and your family. I see your gift making room for you. I see you speaking the way you need to speak. I see you singing where you need to sing. I see you teaching where you need to teach. Somebody needs to clap their hands this morning. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. And do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. You know, it's really boring. You know, I, I, I went back and I had to go and sleep with so-and-so. And mess, and will God forgive me? Oh, grow up. Just grow up. It's been paid for. That's not the problem. The problem is that another lap around the mountain with condemnation and fear and, oh, does God like me? And what's the church going to say? Grow up. Pastor needs to get off here. The truth is I'm on injections and I'm taking medication. So it's your fault. What does freedom look like? We're becoming better every day. Every day we get into the Word of God. Every day we understand it, it leads to greater freedom. Every day we go and we learn how to sow, it's greater freedom. Every day we, we understand about the gates, it's greater freedom. Every day, every day, because whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Final scriptures. Galatians 5.13 For brethren... You have been called in unto liberty. Only use not the liberty for an occasion to the flesh. But through love, serve one another. That's, it's freedom to serve people, not out of compulsion. It's liberty to serve. 
That's part of my liberty. I don't have to do this. I want to do it. I don't have to serve. I get to serve. I am free. And if somebody comes and blesses, blesses us, awesome. If they don't, awesome. Because I never came here because of somebody's check. I never came here because somebody had money for me. I came here because Christ set me free. And I'm becoming all that God has called me to be so I can be a blessing to somebody else. And if somebody come back and say, your preaching is rubbish, God bless you on your way. Because freedom allows you the choice to leave. If you, got no, if you, if you don't have the freedom, if, you don't have, if you've got no choice in a matter, you're not in freedom. Because God will give Adam everything freely and he says, don't eat. Your choice. I made you as a free moral agent to keep your freedom. Anything outside of Christ is bondage. For brethren, uh, okay, let's, let's move on. Let's move on. The secret to freedom is educating people. All right. Here's, here's two things that you must understand. When you get saved, when you get saved. Acts chapter 2 and verse 40. Acts 2.40. You're number one for freedom. For freedom. And with many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, be saved from this perverse generation. For freedom, the first thing is to be saved. Sheepgate. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. It gets powerful. There's a second thing, if you want greater freedom, one is I get saved, number two is this, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. There is the next part of where, if, if you're in a church or in a place where there's not the doctrine of the apostles or the teaching taking place to give you a greater understanding, you are still in bondage. You just want to listen to everybody that's you know, just nice little messages. No, there's a fixed pattern in the way we're developing people. We must continue. Go back to verse 42. You must continue. You must continue steadfastly. You must continue. Why? Because when I continue, I walk in greater freedom. Every day when I get up with the word, I walk into greater freedom. Every day when God gives me a word and he says, change that, move here, all of those things brought me to a greater freedom. When God asks you to forgive, when God asks you to sow, when God asks you to serve, when God asks you to do something, what's he doing? He's calling for greater freedom. He's calling for greater freedom. Everything that we're building right now is to bring people into a place of greater freedom. John 8, 31. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed in, believed in, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. You know, there's a difference between making free and setting free. You can take a prisoner and you can open up the prison doors and you can set him free. But he's not necessarily made free. Because the making is a process. It's making people free. They answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say we, you, will, you will be made free? Jesus answered them, most assuredly I say to you, Whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. And then he says, next verse, And a slave does not abide in a house forever, but the son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. He's speaking about a place of abiding. He's speaking of a place of staying with God. He's talking about waking up every single day, having your own prayer life. Waking up every single day and saying, God, I'm going to serve you today. Tell me what, what you want from my life today. Tell me who I can call today. Tell me who I can send a text message to. Tell me who, what I can do for your kingdom and for your glory. That's true freedom. Anything else is bondage. You're buying your stuff for yourself. You're living for yourself. The only freedom you're going to find is if you go and understand the prophetic wall. That means from the Mufkat gate to the, the horse gate to the water gate to the... To the to, 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 
refuge, the valley gate, all of that. It's your understanding in every one of these things that sets you free. That absolutely sets you free. And I tell you this, it's going to take a lifetime to develop it. It takes about 75 years to become a good Christian. And the church went silent. I'm telling you, we down this road 22 years, 23, and we baby Christians. We baby Christians. Because every day we're having to learn more freedom. And anytime we understand systems and how it works, we're changing it and helping the other sons become free. Marriages, same thing. Singles, same thing. Governments, understanding leadership, what does it look like? Because freedom dwells. That's why you must stay. Stay. Steadfastly stay with the processes with God. I don't get when people come in every now and again. And expect God, to, you know, I'm, I heard there's a conference, it's eight months later, and the water stirring and the angels did something. Are you kidding me? We're in this thing every single day. Shout, freedom looks good on you. Can I have the worship team up? Freedom looks good on you. You are made for freedom. It is for freedom that Christ has set you free. It is for freedom. It is for freedom. God wants you to understand that he's bringing you to a new place where the enemy doesn't put a yoke on you, doesn't make a joke of you, and bring you into a place of absolute liberty for the kingdom of God. Child of God, if you don't know about finances, become fruitful. Go to the Ephraim gate and say, Lord, make me fruitful. When you are fruitful, people are coming to come and taste and see the Lord is good. And they're going to pay you for it. But there's nobody, nobody in the kingdom of God that should be a basket case. Nobody. Nobody. You are all sons and daughters of the Most High God. And the way I see you, I see you locating yourself on the wall. You're going to look at the wall and say, oh, that's me. Oh, that's what God called me to do. I'm frustrating this insurance company. I'm only giving them six hours a day. Because I could smoke. Six hours. How can you work for six hours? I was tired of it. Until I came into my purpose and I found myself on the wall. And I'm like, that's what you're called to do. But, 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 but I can't speak. The Lord says, go and fix it. The year 2000 was the first time I went for a public speaking course. I started only speaking 20 years ago. So if I'm making mistakes and I get a bit angry, I'm still a baby. You forgive me. But we're working some stuff. And I've discovered my gift. And I'm working the craft that God has got for me. And then I discovered why people told, told me, you're just a dreamer. Because I'm a visionary, I didn't know that. I found myself on the wall. And what people despise in the world, God says, that's what I've called you for. That's what you were created for. Rejected by man, accepted by God. Why are you trying to fit in with the world? But you do fit in on God's plan. So I've got to find the people and the place to connect with others. So that my gift can make room for me. You can't be running around everywhere. No. I have a place on the wall. I'm, and what the enemy is trying to do is every time he moves you from the father's house is because he knows in a season you're going to sing your songs and your Jerusalem songs whenever you go, but you're going to run out of money and you're going to have to go back to the father's house. He knows it. Because anything outside of the walls always leads to bondage and you're always going to need a rescue. Don't let the enemy... Listen, sin is pleasurable for a season. You're going to pay for it. If it's another lap around the mountain, away, missing that moment now, now your marriage is in trouble, now your house is in trouble, now you skip payments, and all sorts of stuff. Why? Because you took a wrong turn. Just stay on the wall. I said just stay on the wall. Stand to your feet and lift your hands because someone's going to locate themselves on the wall this morning.
Don't try to be like someone else. Wear other people's clothing. Don't know who you are. Changing jobs every time. When God called me to do what He called me to do, it's fixed. I am perfectly shaped for this part of the world. I'm chosen by God. I'm in competition with nobody. Because nobody's got your voice, Tyron. So, why are you trying to compare to anybody else? You understand how you brought heaven down with your worship this morning? Why are you trying to run around and try and find somewhere else? How about submitted and saying it's fit final position in the world? Now, I can't control anybody and say you must do this because it's not kingdom. You must be free. And if you choose to go to hell then you, and make your bed there, then that's your choice. But you can't choose the consequences of your choice. You're in control of your choice, but not its consequences. You can decide whatever you want to decide, but you can't control its consequences. You've got to make up your mind, I need to serve, I need to get out of bondage, I need to break with the fear, because there's, there's nothing that God hasn't given you to make you a success. You stay on the wall, you walk through that sheep gate, you get out of your dysfunction, and you make up your mind that from today, I'm going to go work the fields if I have to, but I'm going to start somewhere. I'm going to start somewhere. I'm going to sow my time. We don't need major brains to plant a seed. But stop running to bondage. Stop running to go into the world to try and fix you. It's in the kingdom of God. I'm not looking to no political leaders to fix me. They in bondage themselves. They don't even know who they are. And some shouldn't even be in government. Control freaks. We're in a fight for freedom. And you've got to hear me this morning. If you don't get up and fight, if you don't take up your bed and walk, it's another 38 years that you'll get buried in that position. I'm telling you. The poor bearers will come and fetch you from that place. Somebody shout not here. Say, say freedom. Now shout freedom. Can we sing a song to just break open this thing? Because somebody has been, you, you, you've been so conditioned waiting for the stirring of the waters. So conditioned that someone must help you. I want somebody to begin to clap their hands this morning and begin to believe the Lord this morning that there's freedom in this place. It's for freedom that Christ came to set you free. Step out of the grave Break into the wild don't be afraid. Come on, you gotta run into wide open spaces. Grace is waiting for you. Dance like the way that's been lifted. Someone's gonna dance this morning. Come on. waiting. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, there is freedom. Come out of the dark, just as you are, into the fullness of His love. For the Spirit is here, there is freedom. There can be freedom. Hallelujah. Oh, that's all. 
Christ as Lord and Savior, it's time that you give your heart to Jesus. Anybody under the sound of my voice, I'm telling you today, I'm telling you today, when you've gone over 50, you start to look at your life and you say, that was foolish, that was bondage, we waited there too long, should have made a better decision, because you realize that all of it was bondage, from gambling to messing around, all of it is bondage, studying degree after degree, but the Bible's got no place, in business, but not submitted to a house, all of it bondage, just bondage. And Satan wants, he operates out of pride. Don't give your heart to Jesus. Today is the day of salvation. If you believe in Christ, the first step to your freedom is Christ. The next is to continue in his word. And if you abide in him, and his word abides in you, you shall know the truth and it shall make you free. If you never made him Lord and Savior of your life, today is the day of salvation. Pray this and say, Lord Jesus, I need a Savior. I come to you as my Lord and as my Savior. I believe in my heart you died for my sin. I confess with my mouth that you are Lord and Savior of my life. Come into my heart. Give me a brand new start. No longer will I call you sir, but I call you Lord in Jesus' name. Amen. Freedom is in this place. That's the beginning of your freedom. Glory be to God. If anybody got saved and you're here, we, we need to pray to, for you and we'll, we'll deal with you. Two minutes can we receive an offering? 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. We're in a beautiful season of planting seed. This week, we're planting a thousand seeds. Here's the point, here's the point, here's the point. I'm going to a specific place and I'm planting my seed. And I know exactly what we've planted. You do not decide at the harvest time what you're going to receive. Harvest time only shows you what you planted in seed time. What we receive is not decided at harvest time. What we receive is decided at seed time. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So that each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. No manipulation, because that's not freedom. No trying to manipulate you. You must give it out of a, a, with a freedom and say today, from today my freedom starts. No more hoarding. No more holding on to. To gather as much as I can. Then put can. Then sit on the can for as long as I can. How's it going to bring you a harvest? I'm clear about our harvest. Our harvest is coming. I know what we're planting, and I'm expecting bumper crops. And rain means nothing to somebody who's got no seed in the ground. But for us, when you've planted your seed, this is God's order. You plant the seed, God sends the rain. He'll make it grow. Bless you for your giving. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Receive the offering. Chains will fall, prison will shake at the sound. Jesus' name. Lives may hold, hearts awake at the sound. Jesus' name. Chains will fall, Chains will fall prison shake at the sound. Jesus' name.
Lord bless you and keep you. Lift your hands and receive the blessing. The Lord strengthen you on every side. May you experience a brand new kind of freedom. Just a liberty in your spirit. May you wake up in the morning with a brand new joy. A fresh anointing. A sound mind. Healing in your body. The joy of serving God. Serving His kingdom. And becoming all that God has called you to be. It's a great honor to serve you. We bless all our partners across the globe. Thank you for the sons and daughters. You will go from strength to strength and from glory to glory. Healing is your portion. Divine health is your portion. Your children are blessed. You're rising up and you're sitting down. You're going out and you're coming in. Whatever you put your hands to, it shall prosper. You are free to be you in Jesus' mighty name.